Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Thank you as usual for hosting us and, and letting us be here to share with you. Uh, Hunter and Liz, just like you said, you're you're some of our most favoritist. Is that, a, is that the word? Uh, we... Most specialists, you're specialists. <laughs> You're our specialists. Um, yeah, we we love and cherish our time to to hang with you guys, and and it is an honor to get to share at someone's church. Um, yeah, you don't just you don't just let anyone do that, and so we don't take that lightly. We want to be careful with that, and <laughs> I'll be careful. <laughs> I promise, not too careful. Uh, I'm a risky guy to hand the mic. All right. Um, so we, uh, we do live in a place called Ndola, Zambia, right on the border, southern, southern border of uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, my kids recently were telling me, Dad, um, we were born and raised right on the border of Juarez, Mexico, and now we live right on the border of DRC. <laughs> we're hardcore, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're border kids. You're at least your border kids. Um, and uh, we, we have the great opportunity and privilege of serving there. Uh, our ministry is called Orchard because we really believe that God is uh, strategically planting uh, fruit-bearing people that are going to last for generations. And there's, there's going to be uh, people wandering by and meet one of our people from generations before and get some fruit from them. And, uh, and they're going to be rooted down deep in the love of Jesus and rise high to worship him and just shade many others in love and compassion. And so uh, that's, our, that's, that's the heart of our ministry. Um, we, have, uh, we have started a few things and failed at some stuff, but we do have some really exciting things happening. Um, we did share with you last year that we, we have a, a group of guys called the Young Lions. Inkalamo um, Abaiche. You want to try that one? Inkalamo Abaiche. That means Young Lions. And uh, so we, we had been in Zambia some years ago, and as we moved back in 2018, we just had this heart that there were, there were the, these lost boys that had wandered from this ministry we were a part of that fell apart. And then they just kind of got absorbed back into the, this really brutal, uh, hardcore kind of inner city almost like community, rough place. And, uh, and we just had this heart for them. And so... Um, through our ministry, we've just kind of called these lost guys back a little bit and built a family with them. Uh, most of our sons are like, well, these are our brothers. There's 18, 18 boys now in the family. And, uh, and so we got to share that with you a little last year. We, we have uh, a running team. Uh, we, we do a lot of running together. And this year, just last month, one of our kind of wildest young lions, this guy could find trouble in this room like he, he he'll if there's trouble in a room this guy will find it and but he's just so much fun to be around and um and kids really love him and he's he's cool he's at that age where you can't do anything wrong he's kind of ripped and he walks around with muscle shirts and so the little kids really just are like i want to be like james so uh so we started a group called the little lions for for 10 to 13 and little little boys, and so they're hanging with James, and so now we've got, <laughs> it's hilarious, we've got this group of little lions that are, you know, doing long distance running, and I don't even know if 
you know, their extended families know that they're out there huffing and puffing. But um, there's, there's a three-year-old that comes every time, and it's like six or eight steps of his is one of mine, and he's working harder than anybody. So we might seriously have some Olympic-level guys in a few years. Um, <coughs> so we have those things going on. We have uh, a leadership uh, missions and leadership training course for some of our, our older guys, Owen, and, uh, and four other students are just about to finish a full year of just uh, the best equipping Heidi and I know how to give them as far as mission heart and leadership and, um, and that kind of stuff. And so uh, that's called our Apollo course. We named it after one of our hero missionaries from the 1860s in western Uganda who barefooted used to cross the Ruanzori Mountains into the, into the forests to reach um, pygmy tribes and just a lasting a lasting effect there for, for hundreds of years. So uh, those things are going on, and we are very blessed to be part of them. So, but I don't, I don't want this, uh, this morning just to be about the cool things that are happening at Orchard. We do, uh, we do covet your prayers, and we need them. Like I said, we, there's days just like you have where you just feel like you got beat up a little bit, and so on those days you lean in a little more, and you're like, oh, I felt some friends praying. Uh, and we also are very grateful. We want you to feel, as we're here, like some of those, any victories we're having, uh, you can count those as yours too, because you guys are a part of that. This church has been unbelievably caring when we're here, but unbelievably generos. Gen- generos. <laughs> I, I was going to say unbelievably generosity, but I don't know. I, I get around Hunter and Liz, and I want to like s- try my Spanish out from the old days. But Bemba is always in the way, and then I'm in the south, and I just don't know how to talk. So you might hear all kinds of stuff. I'm not schizophrenic. It's just I'm just trying to fit in. Where, get, in where, get in where you fit in. All right. But you guys have been very generous with us uh, and have helped to do what we do, and, and it means so much. So thank you for that. Um, the, I guess the biggest news of Orchard uh, and we'll talk a little more about it right at the end of my, my short talk. I won't keep you all morning. But um, we, we have planted our first church, and it's crazy. Yeah, it is very crazy. They, they're, they're meeting there without us, and we have, each week we have about 190 kids at church and like 20 youth and adults. <laughs> so it's a little lopsided in the age. But we think it's lopsided in the best way. Um, and so uh, these young lions that we're, we're working with and building a family with training, uh, they're the team now. And it reminds me so much of the encounter team that was built at Heart for the World there in Las Cruces and came here to plant and just became the leadership. And it's such a beautiful model. It's really exciting for us to see that this, this crazy idea can work. And, uh, and so... I don't know if we're the biggest church in Chifugu, which is the name of the community, which means many hippos. I guess there used to be a river there. It's, I wouldn't call it a river anymore. But, um, but certainly it's the most vibrant place where kids can be loved on, and, uh, and we're proud to say that. So uh, it's a wild ride, um, and, uh, and we're just getting started on that. So pray, pray for our little orchard church in Chifugu. Um, recently, 
knowing that we were going to come back and just kind <clears> of <throat> walking through some, some life stuff with uh, a handful of our young lions that have been facing some, some stuff. Um, right around the same time, a couple months ago, our family sat down for, for a movie night and we watched We Bought a Zoo. H have any of you seen We Bought a Zoo? That's a great movie. Uh, I love that one. And so um, there was a particular scene in We Bought a Zoo that just kind of stopped me in my tracks. And, um, and I didn't totally know why for a minute, but uh, as I chewed on it for some days, I realized why, and I'm going to share that this morning. So uh, it's that scene where, um, if you don't know We Bought a Zoo, uh, it's this family that has faced an incredible loss. And so now the dad is, um, is trying to parent these two kids without the mom who has passed away, and they're walking through the pain of that and just kind of looking for a new start. And they end up buying this house out in the country that's falling apart, and it's a zoo. It's on a zoo. There's a, a bunch of hundreds of animals there, and uh, it's a crazy idea, and it shouldn't work, and it shouldn't be a good idea. No one says it's a good idea that they decide we bought a zoo. So they do this, and as they do it, um, the, the family, the dad and the little girl are kind of coming back to life. And the team at the zoo is starting to come back to life. These people who had not kind of been able to be fully released in their purpose, they're coming back to life. And literally some of the animals are kind of coming back to life and the place is looking good again. Uh, but there's a teenage boy who's, um, who's just struggling. And him and his dad just have this, this argument. And the dad says, this is a good dream. Why, why won't you help me? This is a, I thought you might like this really good dream. This place is a good dream. It's got some really great people and super cool animals. This is a good dream. What's wrong? And the kid, it, this is a moment that's his pain is kind of coming out. But the dad is just imploring him, this is a good dream. And then at the end of that, he tells him, just do something. Put your boots on. Dig a hole. Pick up a shovel. But get in this dream. And as I, as I heard that and kind of thought about that, I just, I, I heard God saying it to me that he has so many dreams for his people and he has good dreams for us. And we got to get our shovel though. We got to get our boots on. We got to get in the dream. It's our choice to engage or not engage. And like I said, I, I've been walking through some really difficult stuff with uh, a number of our, our young guys in, in Zambia and I just, some days I just want to shake them and say, this is a good dream. Just come on, stop all that. Because the, the truth is the community where we live has a dream for those kids. And it's not a good dream. And, uh, and their pasts would define a life that's not a good future if they let that define their future. Their friends, so-called, in the community have plans for them that are not going to take them towards a very good dream. And I wanted to just shout like that dad, and, sh and, and I heard God shouting to me, my dream for their lives is the best dream. Help them get their hands on the shovel. And so, uh, so that's what we're talking about today. It's, it's a good dream. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a good dream for you. It's a good dream. So, um, I'm going to share a few things. Obviously, any you just could you could go all through 
the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, and find lots of the good dream stuff that God has for you. We're just going to cover a few, but he also just attached himself himself to many lives, and you can see how they went from uh, a small yes to saying yes to the dream and then transforming into a person that they were not before. Peter did it, and Abraham did it, and everyone did it if they said yes. And so it takes getting in the game. So um, John 17, uh, 20 through 24, I think we have that one on the screen, maybe. Maybe not. We do. We will. <laughs> we will. Um, that is, is just this beautiful prayer that Jesus prays. Just before he's led off to be arrested, uh, Jesus is praying to his father. And he's saying his dream. Part of his dream is, I want them to be in me like I'm in you. And I want them to be known by you and encounter you so that as they go out in the earth and the earth encounters them, it's unquestionable who they belong to. I want them to change the way life is lived because they've been so deeply entrenched in this, in what we have. And that's part of God's dream for us is that we would encounter him because we know, you guys know, it's in your name. One encounter with Jesus can change everything. It can break the chains. It can set you on a new course in your beliefs, in your actions. It can cold turkey you from whatever you need cold turkey in from. One encounter with Jesus changes the game. And Jesus is saying his heart for his people, his friends, his best friends. Let's read it. I pray for these followers, but I am also praying for all those who will believe in me, the, the ones who will come after this first group. Because of their teaching. Father, I pray that they can be one. He, he desires unity. As you are in me and I am in you, I pray that they can also be one in us. Then the world will believe that you sent me. I have given these people the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as you and I are one. And I will be in them and you will be in me so that they will be completely one. The, then the world will know that you sent me and that you love them just as much as you love me. Father, I want these people that you gave me to be with me where I am. Can you hear his heart? He wants you close. I want them to see my glory which you gave me because you loved me before the world was made. Father, you are the one who is good. The world does not know you, but I know you. And these people know you sent me. I showed them what you were like and I will show them again. They, then they will have the same love that you have for me, and I will live in them. Isn't that beautiful? You just hear Jesus, like King Jesus, who's about to just go punch death and sin in the face. But then you just hear this beating heart of love. Like, I have a dream for my friends. And I have a dream for the people who my friends are going to impact. And I have a dream that they would know this love that you and I share. Because nobody knows this kind of love. And, but now they're going to know it. And I just, I love that Jesus' dream for our lives starts with love, starts with unity, starts with an encounter. And, and that's what we've been trying to walk our guys through and just say, you have to first believe. You have to believe in Jesus. And you have to believe that he has something to say into and about your life. You have to believe that you are something different than you were. You have to believe that you could cast off that old shell or the old labels or, or whatever it is and be someone different. And once you believe that, you're starting to unlock this new pathway 
And it is a process. I know many of us have walked through that process in our own lives. We have to figure this stuff out. But we, we have to believe in who he is and believe in who he says we are. Uh, and before, until we do that, we can't keep moving. But we do see glimmers where some of these guys and, and the pain, I, I won't get into. Those will be their stories. That's their gold to tell uh, one day. But they have walked through some just can't imagine really some some of some of the life experiences we'll just we just have hang times and one Saturday recently we just we wanted to we had ramen and we had chopsticks and we wanted to teach a couple of these guys how to use chopsticks and eat ramen and we were giggling and then they something made them open up these brothers and they just started sharing some of their life and it was just like I cannot eat my ramen because I'm I gotta run because of their life. And so someone like that needs to hear that they belong to that Jesus. They need to hear that there's a heartbeat that is all for them. And that can change the game. And they need to know that that's where the good dream starts. Amen. Uh, so that's the believe part of this dream. There's a belong part of this dream too. Um, I, and we won't, I don't have the verse on the screen, but in John 15, um, it's just after the vine and the branches. Jesus is saying how, again, we're so deeply connected and he's the source of life. But it connects us to a family uh, and, and we, we have to learn how to belong to a family. And part of the dream, and it's in that same John 17 verse, there's a lot of unity in there, right? Jesus kept saying, we're one. Let them be one. Let them see how we're together and let the world see our togetherness. Jesus cares about unity and belonging and family. And one of our young lions, our oldest young lion, who is, is most likely the guy that's going to be the, the pastor of this church that, that we're planting. His name is Jack. He came and pulled me aside recently, and he said, Bakris, thank you for just being so different and weird. And, uh, and I was like, is that a, is that, is that a side-handed? What are you trying to do? You know. So he just said, he said, I, I never understood how you could, you could plant a church this way. And I said, what are you trying to say? And he said, well, you, you made us a family first, and now the family is the team at church. And he said, I really like it that way. I like that you've done it that way. And I said, well, it's Jesus' plan. He, he, he came for a family first. And the church is the only family that's going to last forever. The church, it, we tell our boys, the church is the vehicle that Jesus chose. We are the, the, the body of Christ, not a building, but the body of Christ is the vehicle that he chose to extend his love and his grace through the nations and the generations. And so he, he said he, he loved feeling like he belonged to a family first, and then that family is getting to work. And I said, I wasn't trying to trick you, I promise. <laughs> trying to trick you into doing the work. This is a, this is a God heart model that, that we can now belong. And part of this good dream that we're inviting the young lions to and that all of us are invited to is to belong to a family. And our boys, many of them, most of them have never had a family that would function on any level or, or be termed um, by any good definition of the, of the word family. And so we've tried to build a family. And, uh, and our family has grown incredibly from, from just our time with, with our young lions. And belonging to them and having accountability with each other is a really special gift. And it's messy, right? Family is messy 
Some days in my family growing up, there was a lot of screaming. And other days, there was a lot of laughing. And families are messy, but, but family is a God dream and a God idea. So, uh, so we're encouraged in this good dream to believe first that whose we are and who we are and how he sees us. And then we're encouraged to belong in a family where we fit and we have a, we, we have a place. And that has been transforming for some of our guys. And it's one of the reasons why we're assigning them weird stuff, like we're giving one of them the little lions. Um, probably most people wouldn't trust him <laughs> with their kids. It's crazy that we're doing this. Why did we trust him with other people's kids? I don't know. But we are trying to give them a place where they fit. And he has gifts to coach. And he has gifts to interact. And uh, because of the outer facade, no one would trust him with that. But we're trying to see deeper. And we're trying to see what God sees in us. Because if he didn't look a little deeper than surface, I wouldn't be anything. If he, didn't, if he wasn't willing to look past some of my junk, then I certainly wouldn't be here. And I am willing to look past some junk because I've had it look, look past on me. I, I just, I'm so grateful that he does that. So this opportunity to belong, and then that leads to an opportunity to become something special. And it's, again, it's right there in the verse, so that the world will know. Jesus never forgot this global inclusion and this generational kind of snowball effect. He always was thinking generationally and all the nations were included. It was not just one little select group of people. And so there's another verse here. I'd like to read it to you if I could real quick. Let me pull that up. Uh, this, is, this is the Great Commission. It's always, it's one we repeat constantly uh, with our guys and in our kids' ministry trainings, but this is Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came to them and said, All power in heaven and on earth is given to me, so go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've taught you, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. One of my other favorite Jesus scriptures is when he is quoting Isaiah, when he's, he, uh, he comes out of the wilderness and he's starting his public ministry. It's like the total drop the mic. Um, the spirit of the sovereign Lord. Let me read that to you, Luke 4. The Lord has put his spirit in me because he appointed me to tell the good news to the poor. Part of God's dream is that good news gets everywhere. Part of God's dream is that the poor would be lifted out of their poverty by hope and by, by his dream for their lives. He has sent me to tell the captives that they're free. Part of his dream for someone in this room today is freedom. You might be a captive to something in your mind. You might be a captive to something in your past. Part of this good dream is freedom. And then he sent me to tell the blind that they can see again. That's a bold statement. We, we have had some, some blind people in our life this year. And I've been frustrated with God a little bit because I haven't seen them get free and see yet. But I think they're going to. I believe, I, let's not say I think, they're going to. We're just going to keep praying and keep trying. But part of the good dream is that blind eyes will see and spiritual blindness will be lifted. That's a good dream. God sent me to free those who've been treated unfairly and to announce a time when the Lord will show his kindness, a time of favor. 
that's a drop the mic moment. And every one of those things, you can hear the heart of God. I have a heart for favor to rest on my people. I have a heart for brokenness to just get out of the way. I have a heart for freedom to win the day. I have a heart for people to step in to a purpose. And so as people become, like in Matthew 28, he's saying, you do what I, to- what I did. You have the authority now. He's giving us a purpose. And, uh, and part of our sharing this good dream with you, with our young lions, is every one of us has a purpose. If we're a disciple, we have a purpose. If we're following Jesus, we have a purpose. This is not something that's reserved for any kind of spiritual elite. Again, I'd be disqualified. It's not something reserved for just um, people who are vocational working in the church. Every believer, every disciple has been commissioned with a purpose to fill in the kingdom of God. And you have influence in circles that others don't. You have a history and testimony that others don't. And so you've got something to say. And we're telling our young lions, you have purpose. And especially young boys w- getting to the age where they're getting, they're feeling like they, they want something that matters. They want to do something with their lives. And they're going to go find something to do. And what everyone else finds to do in that community is go steal. They, I mean, there, there, there is a thief in spirit in that place <laughs> like you would not believe. Um, and and there, there is like these competitions of what a good thief you can be. And, and, and there are all kinds of things battling for these hearts of, you know, where you're going to find your purpose. Are you going to find it? There, another thing that's, that is a big struggle in that community is witchcraft. And, uh, and there are groups of guys who find their identity in being tough and strong. And they don't go to the gym to get strong. They do these weird incantations and put herbs in th- under their skin and do these things that they're, it's trying to make them fit with a group of tough guys. And that's who they get their purpose from. But if you look at those eyes, those eyes are empty eyes. But our guys, they're seeing that and they're like, is that where I go? And we're saying, no, there's a good dream. That's not a good dream, but I know where the good dream is found. So there, this is a battle, and it's very real. And, and you've seen it in, in ways in your life and in people that you're interacting with, and it looks a little different, but it's the same deal. People need to fill this void. They need to have a purpose. They need to know they belong, and they first need to believe and have some identity that is placed in their creator. And when that happens... Um, a destiny gets unlocked. But the truth is destiny is a decision. It doesn't just, ha- we don't just fall in to, um, to our future with God. We have to choose to take up our cross. We have to choose to get in the game. And we're always telling our guys, we got to go all in. We got to choose this. We can't ride the fence. There's a cowboy saying about ride the fence, but it's inappropriate for church. So <laughs> you get hurt when you ride the fence. It's not good for anybody when you ride the fence. So we're, we're encouraging them that this dream, it's not just a dream from a 1,000 years, 2,000 years ago. It's not just a dream for those first 12 disciples. This dream goes down through the generations. And this dream is a good dream. And God's heart for you is a big heart. So we had a little service. I'm getting close to the end here. We had a little service in our tiny building. This building is probably less than 10 feet across. It's probably 
from the wall to me is the first is the, the the width of it. You come in a door, and then it maybe goes 25 feet. That's uh, we've been meeting outside under trees and just in a big field, and now we're coming into the rainy season, and it rains hard daily in Africa in the rainy season. And so we're renting this church from from a, a friend, and it's this tiny little room. So we gathered in there, <coughs> and we were. We were talking about God's dream for our lives, and I brought this really rusty, broken shovel. I should have brought it, but I figured TSA would have issues with that. (laughs) So we brought this shovel into the middle of the room, and I just said, you know, you don't have to have it all figured. You don't have to know what God's purpose is for you. It it doesn't all have to be defined today. But are you willing to, like, put your boots on and just try and, and pick up a shovel and get in the game at some low, small level. Would you just come up here and put your hands on this shovel? It's not a magic shovel, but it's representative of God's good dream for your life. And we're going to just pray. And we all gathered, and one of our closest sons, uh, our young lions that is like a son, would not get out of his chair. He stayed in his chair, and he didn't touch the shovel, and he didn't pray, and I was like... I almost couldn't get the prayer out because I I kept trying to, like, be very holy and have this beautiful moment with all the rest of the people in the room. But I'm looking over at my buddy and he's struggling and he didn't come up and get the shovel. And he knows better than anyone. You get the shovel. Come on. And I didn't I didn't get to talk to him after he left quick. Something was going on. But but later I saw Heidi sitting in here and. That was a beautiful moment because she got to talk to him, and he was believing some lies. He was believing that he's just done too much junk, too much bad stuff, that he's not worthy of that dirty, rusty, scary shovel. He's not worthy to take hold of God's dream. He's too broken, too far off to say, I, 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 just, I, I would taint that good dream if I stepped up. And I thought, man, there's a lot of people who probably feel that way. And I read recently from uh, a Craig Groeschel book, he was just talking about, he says, uh, he says, if you feel like Jesus only has place for the Avengers, <laughs> you haven't been reading your Bible. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you one of the things that he said. He said, um, if you've ever felt kind of disqualified or unqualified or even a little underqualified, let's go through this list. Moses was a murderer. David, an adulterer, Rahab, a prostitute, Noah was found drunk and naked, not good combination. Um, Isaac was a daydreamer, Joseph was abandoned, Gideon was always afraid, Jeremiah was said to be too young, Abraham was too old, Elijah battled depression, Naomi became really bitter, Martha was a worrywart, and John the Baptist ate bugs. But guess who carried forth the dream of God in their generation to their people? That list of broken people. Would any of you feel more comfortable on that list than with the Avengers like me? I wish I was an Avenger. I wish I looked like an Avenger. Only two of me and you, we raised our hands together, just the two of us. But I feel more comfortable on that list. And I'm so grateful that God makes room for for good dreams for people like that. Let me just let me just close with uh, with a promise that we can cling to. And as we head towards ministry in just a minute, we're going to have the the worship team come back up. But as we head towards ministry, I want you to just be thinking maybe in my life, 
I just need to remember that there is a promise between the two. There is a dream that I get to be a part of, and that's going to be just something we can encourage you in. If you feel like you just want to kind of reconnect to the promise of God in your life, we want to pray for you. But there are some people like my, my young lion who wouldn't come up, and he felt unqualified to take up the shovel. He felt like the game was lost because he was too bad. And I just want, I want you to know that all those lies, we, we want to pray with you to cast off any lies you've been living under, any kind of oppressive beliefs that have hindered you from taking part in God's dream. In the movie, We Bought a Zoo, obviously, a boy who lost his mom, that guy's going to go through some pain. And that's real. But that pain can't define every day for the rest of his life. He's got to walk out of that at some point, and certainly with a lot of love and tender care, right? But still, he's, gotta, he's not going to enjoy anything if he doesn't get involved in it. And, and so it was only when he kind of started believing that this dream could work for him that the, the sun kind of came out. Because until then, everywhere he went in the movie, there was this dark cloud. He was getting in trouble at school for drawing these dark paintings. They were just mean and demonic and dark and mad. But then he drew one of the animals, and it became the new logo for the zoo. And his, his heart became like the printed sign on the front of the zoo. What if that's you today? What if, what if you've just been locked up under all the clouds, and you haven't been able to say, I get to take hold I get to take part. I have a role in God's big dream. But then God says, just what you think is your worst attribute, I'm going to slap that. On, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redeem it and then slap that on the door so that everyone that comes in, they get to see the goodness of the gifts that I had in you because you surrendered them to me. And that's what we're going to do. We want to pray that God, that God would just lift off lies. And this is something we've been praying for our young lions so we know that just, it's not just a chifubu issue. This is all over the world. People are confused about where they fit. All over the world, people are messed up in their identity. All over the world, people don't have a purpose that's outside selfish gain, right? And we have been praying with our young lions in these ways, and we just want to, to pray for you in that way as well. Let me close with Ephesians 3.20. Worship team, maybe you guys could come and get ready. This is a great promise to cling to. <clears throat> Again, Ephesians 3.20. With God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or imagine. Sometimes when I pray, I'm just praying and praying and praying and asking God for A, B, C, D and wanting him to do these things in my life. And the reality is he's saying, man, there's more than even that more than you can want, ask, or imagine. Just tap in to another level, and I'm, I'm promising bigger, better, greater, more freedom. And I wanted to close with that because that's the best part of a dream is it's kind of like the sky is the limit. One of the reasons we named our Apollo uh, missions and leadership course Apollo was after the guy. His name was Apollo Kivigulaya. That's a mouthful. But he's the one that I told you was a missionary in the 1860s through like 1930s in a really rough part of uh, Western Uganda, Northeast Congo. 
But another reference there is the Apollo kind of moon missions with NASA. There's th the sky is the limit. And I like that reference because we're calling people into something they can't define because God's undefinable. There's goodness out there beyond what we can see. So if you would just all stand with me. I just want to pray and thank God first that we do get to find our identity in him and thank him that we get to belong to his family because wandering alone is not good for anybody. And I'm just also going to just praise him. We're going to praise him together that we get to become something more than we ever dreamt we could. But at the end of my prayer, maybe the leadership team could come up. We're going to pray if someone has been believing lies that you're outside the game, that you couldn't possibly partake, or you just need to kind of rekindle passion that there's more possible. We want to pray with you. So let's bow our heads together. Jesus, we thank you so much for your heart for us and for your heart for people all over the world right now. We thank you, Jesus, that in your words, those red words we read in our Bible, they're not just typed words, but your heart is so visible. Your desire for relationship with us, your desire to have us break through and break free and break forward out of things that have bound us, your desire to be known by us and for us to know you and to walk with you. So God, we just ask this morning in this room for actual encounters with you, living God. I pray if there's someone that has been carrying labels or has been believing they've done too much wrong or they're just sad, there's just been a dark cloud and that they haven't been able to fully partake in, in the joy of life with you, we just pray today you will set prisoners free, Jesus. And we pray that we would be able to just take the first step today and say, yes, I will pick up my shovel. I will get in the game. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how much stamina I have for this game. I don't know what to do even, but I'm going to try. And God, as we try, we're giving you something to work with. And God, when you have something to work with, you can do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. So I just pray that you would blow the roof off of possibilities in people's lives today. I pray, God, that your promise would rise up in hearts today and give hope anew today. I pray, God, that as we lay down lies and labels at this altar today, that we would go out springing free like we've never felt. And we just pray it all in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Let's just worship together, and we would love to pray with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.